Hello and welcome back to Instant Mom, navigating solo foster and adoptive motherhood while attempting a go at sanity. So it has been a while since I have provided an update. Um, So I thought I would just jump in with a little uh, recap of what's been going on with our lives and then um, answer some questions that I received in the other night. So I cannot believe it's been uh, over two months since I last posted, um, and that was when baby Maggie joined us. Baby Maggie stayed with us for a little bit and then um, was moved on to a family member. And unfortunately, I don't have any updates as to how she's doing or if she is still in that home. Um, I think I've mentioned this earlier, but caseworkers are technically not allowed to give foster parents any updates. Um, Some of them will if you've gotten to know them after a while, but they're not supposed to. And because baby Maggie didn't stay with us for all that long, I didn't have a chance to um, really befriend the caseworker. So unfortunately, I think she will probably forever be a mystery to us. Um, It was really, I think... Baby Maggie was really tough because, as I think I talked about in the last episode, everything felt like it was really natural and easy and smooth as much as a foster care placement can ever be. Um, I had lots of time to prepare, and by lots of time, I mean I had about uh, 30 hours of notice, which is a lot of time in the foster care world, and... um, you know, I, it was just a, a really smooth transition. We had a nice weekend to settle in together and I had support from family and friends and my church group and it just felt really, really good. I didn't have the anxiety um, that I usually have with a new placement. It just felt really natural and comfortable and um, I, even though I know better, found myself thinking about forever. And that's the tough part about being a foster parent is even though you're in it to help families reunify with their children, and even though you know perfectly well that the main goal is to get these kids out of your home and back with their biological parents, you fall in love every time and you think about forever. And that can't really be helped, like at least for me, that's just kind of where my heart goes. I loved seeing Jack interact with her because he was just so sweet and so loving and and baby Maggie herself was just the cutest and the easiest baby. And um, it just felt really natural. And so I was already fast forwarding in my mind thinking about, you know, a life together, um, just the three of us. And so when she moved, it, um, you know, really kind of hurt me, I think. Um, because you do get attached, even if it's only a month, you get attached. So... Um, that and then just with some um, health problems I've been having, nothing major, but just some stuff that I've been ignoring for a while that I need to pay attention to. I just thought that I would take a break from fostering for a little while. Um, so that's where we are now. Uh, license, of course, is still active and everything. We we'll never give up the license because getting recertified is just such an ordeal. Um, but I will probably not accept a placement for the foreseeable future. Especially with COVID, it's just been really tricky. Um, 
you know, Jack is supposed to be starting school in person in about two weeks. And right now we're still on track for him to go back in person. But our state is one of the ones where we are seeing um, COVID cases increase pretty dramatically. So I feel like it's only a matter of time before um, our county shuts down all schools again. And, um, you know, just trying to figure out how I'm going to do that with Jack and working. Um, it's, there are just too many unknowns right now for us, um, plus just the health issues that I'm trying to really focus on and take care of. Um, it's just not a great time. But I also hate saying that because it's the biggest excuse in the book. Whenever I talk to people about fostering, a lot of times I hear like, oh yeah, we've thought about that. We're interested in that, but just not right now. Now's not the right time. And I think I always sort of rolled my eyes at those people. Like, there's never going to be a good time to disrupt your life with a new child, um, which is true. But especially being a single mom, I um, I do have to think about myself um, because I have seen in the past, you know, five, six months or so what happens when I don't. And, um, and it's not good for my physical health and it's not good for my mental health. And I can't just completely burn myself out when it's just me here. Maybe if I had a partner, I could, uh, you know, be a little bit riskier because there would be somebody here to look out for me and somebody here to sort of split the emotional and physical labor with. But that's not the case. And so I um, I just need to make sure I'm in a really good position to help. But um, that said, we're definitely still helping in as many ways as we can. So we are also an approved host family with an organization called Safe Families. I can't remember if I've talked about them on here or not, um, but Safe Families is a really great organization and it's pretty unique in the sense that um, families sign up to be hosts. They get a lot of the same training that a foster parent would and you have to go through all of the background checks and whatnot. Um, but parents can voluntarily choose to... Um, to give their children to a safe family's host family for a specific period of time. So it's not like foster care where somebody is taking the kids away. This is something that parents can do proactively for a number of reasons. So um, sometimes it may be that mom is homeless and she needs to work a bunch of overtime for the next month to save up for a deposit on an apartment. And so she'll ask um, safe families if somebody can house her children in their home for a month so she can really focus on working. Um, or maybe mom voluntarily decides to go to rehab and she needs someone to watch her kids for the 30 days while she's gone. I've also seen cases where... Um, Mom doesn't have any support in the area. She doesn't have family. She might not have any friends. And she's got to have a surgery or she's giving birth to her uh, new baby. And so she needs someone to watch her children while she's recovering. That's pretty typical too. Um, and sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, there's a single mom with three kids and she's just really stressed and needs someone to take the kids for a week so she can have a break. So the idea is that Safe Families is really supposed to act like an extension of a network that a lot of us are fortunate enough to have. Family and close friends who, um, in a pinch or when it's really serious, can raise their hand and say, yeah, you know, your kid can stay with me for a week while you do X, Y, and Z. But not everybody has those people, or maybe they do have those people, but they, for whatever reason, can't take the child either. 
So Safe Family steps in and for anywhere from a day to a year or more, um, the host family um, takes in the child just like you would in foster care. But the parent, the bio parent, retains their full rights and full custody. So they're never giving up their parental rights. They're never getting their custody taken away. They just voluntarily give temporary guardianship to the host family so that, you know, the host family could get medical care for the child if they needed to or something like that. But the biological parent can see their children at any time, talk to their child at any time, and they can revoke the agreement at any time. So, you know, they could say, all right, um, you're going to host my children for six months while I get my life together. But a week into it, they could say, you know what, never mind, I want my kids back. And that is completely their choice. So it's like foster care in the sense that you um, are, you know, sort of welcoming a child into your home. Um, And you have the same kinds of training and background screenings, but it's not like foster care in the sense that parents do this voluntarily. Parents are the ones who are in charge. um, And the goal is um, adoption is like kind of not in the mix at all. Um, It's, you know, always a parent just needing a temporary break. So you really are just helping out, you know, uh, a member of your community. So anyway, that's a long way of explaining it, but we are a certified host family. And that was really appealing to us because um, there are a lot of very short-term situations where uh, they just need somebody to ha- to house the kids for a week or a weekend. And that's something we can definitely commit to, right? We can do anything for a weekend. We can do anything for a week. So we can still be a resource, um, but it's not the open-ended commitment that foster care um, requires. So that, I think, will work out really well for us. Um, And then the other thing that we did this past weekend is we um, kept um, Jack's little brother, Kenny, um, a.k.a. Baby Henry. That's what I called him when um, he was in foster care and placed with us when I couldn't say his real name. Um, And he got to stay with us for a weekend, which was really fun. So Jack's birth mom um, just gave birth to a new baby in, gosh, I want to say like March or April it was. And um, it was actually, they were twins. Um, One of the twins did not make it because they were so early. She wasn't due until the middle of July. So they were super, super early. Um, And the other baby, um, baby Ronald, is still in the NICU. And he's being discharged this week, which is really exciting. He'll be going home on oxygen and also a feeding tube. And so um, mom and dad had to do some pretty intensive training at the hospital over the weekend to learn how to work all of his monitors and um, change his oxygen and change his feeding tube and all of those kinds of things. And that required them to spend a lot of time at the hospital and to also do some overnights. Um, And they didn't have anyone who could take um, baby Kenny for the weekend. And they asked us, and we were so honored and so excited. So it was really, really fun to have him here. Um, for background, for those of you who might be newer to our story, uh, baby Kenny actually stayed with us for about the first um, four or five months of his life. Um, when he was born, he was uh, placed into foster care. And um, mom actually asked for him to be placed with us, which was a great honor. Um, Jack was about a year and a half old at the time. So um, Kenny was in the NICU for a couple of weeks because um, he had, um, he was withdrawing from opiates. So he was in the NICU for a few weeks and I got to spend a lot of time with him in the NICU and do that great skin to skin kangaroo care and bond with him. And then he came home to us and stayed with us um, 
for sort of that first half a year or so of his life. And he was a really tough baby. I mean, the cutest baby in the world and so sweet, but just um, really tough. He took a long, long time to calm down once he started crying. Um, I remember there was this kind of like witching hour in the evening. It was always around like 6 30, 7 o'clock, and he would just scream for hours. And there was just nothing you could do to calm him down. Like all of my tricks in the book would fail. And I remember I would be sobbing and he would be sobbing and I would have my mom come over just so I could like walk outside and not hear screaming for five minutes. And then I'd come back in and try it again. He was just, he was really, really tough, but the sweetest. And so we've seen him um, when we've had visits with birth mom, but we haven't really been able to spend a ton of time with him um, alone. And so it was just really fun to have Kenny come. And and um, so Kenny is now just going to turn two years old in August. So he's almost two, which is crazy. Um, and it was so fun to watch them play. They just chased each other around the house. And Jack was just smothering Kenny with hugs. Kenny is almost as big as Jack is now, which is pretty funny. Um, and definitely chunkier. He's shorter, but he's chunkier than Jack is. Um, so it was just so cool to watch them play. And, um, a little part of me, um, admittedly was wondering like, oh man, what if, you know, he was with us. What would it be like to have these two brothers together and to see that bond every day? And then the other part of me at the end of the weekend was so exhausted from running around after two boys under three years old that I was like, nope, this all worked out for the best. Um, I mean, of course, we are really happy that mom and dad just worked their butts off to get him back. And they have just really turned their lives around and have made so much positive change. And it's just, um, it really is inspirational. Like, I know that sounds cheesy, but, you know, I'm trying to lose like 40 or 50 pounds. Um, and that seems like insurmountable, but they kicked serious drug addiction. Like that's way harder than losing weight, way harder than losing weight. And they did it. And they've been clean for like almost two years now. So, um, you know, not that you can compare losing weight with kicking a drug addiction. I'm not trying to make comparisons, but because I know what I'm trying to do is much easier than what they're trying to do. Um, but every time I think about like, oh God, I don't want to go for a run or like, I really just would rather eat this cake. I'm like, dude, if they can kick heroin and meth addiction, uh, I think I can like get my butt up and go for a two mile jog. Um, so we're just so happy for them. So I don't mean to sound like, oh man, I wish they wouldn't have earned him back and I wish we had Kenny. But, you know, when you watch the two brothers play, you can't help but want them to be together. Um, And that's just the tricky part about adoption and an open adoption and foster care. It is a lifetime full of awkward situations and conflicting emotions. And um, you just have to get comfortable with being really uncomfortable sometimes. But in terms of our relationship, my relationship with birth mom and dad, it's really become a lot more comfortable. Um, You know, we've known each other for almost, well, we've known each other for three years now. um, And we've had an open adoption for a little over a year. And, um, you know, our visits at first would be a little bit awkward and I kind of wouldn't know what to say to them or like how to act. But now it's feeling 
just kind of like a friendship or like they're an extended member of the family, which is great. Um, they all came over a couple weeks ago and we had a little pool party in the backyard. Um, Kenny and then Camden, which is Jack's older half-brother who is four years old. And mom and dad came over and it was just great. Like we sat outside and the boys played in the pool and ran around the backyard and played in the swing set and played in the sandbox. And, um, you know, we had snacks on our little outdoor patio and it was just, it felt really normal and comfortable. And I felt like I could be myself and, and we could just kind of talk like friends or family. And, um, and that's just felt really great. It's, you know, we are, as I tell Miranda sometimes, I'm like, we are family now. (laughs) And maybe neither one of us, you know, necessarily wanted that at the beginning. I'm sure they're, you know, dreams when they were pregnant with Jack wasn't that, you know, one day they would have to share him with his adoptive mom. And I don't know when I was a little girl that I dreamt of having an open adoption either. But it's been so great, really. Um, I mean, I hate to say great, because I recognize the deep trauma and the deep loss that Jack will have to face and deal with and that his mom and dad have already faced and are dealing with. But as far as an open adoption, particularly through foster care goes, it's just been really positive. And we have a lifetime to become closer and we have a lifetime of more awkward situations. Um, but it's been, it's been such a blessing and, um, yeah, I'm just excited to continue to see what happens with our relationship in the future. And and I'm really excited that Jack will, um, be able to know his first parents and that he'll never have to be that teenager or young adult who feels like he has to sneak behind my back to get to know them. Like I will always openly want them in our lives. And sometimes I think about for Jack's prom or Jack's high school graduation, you know, I want them there. I want them to be at a sweet 16. I want them to, uh, I'm going to tear up. (laughs) I want them to be there to see him graduate from high school and you know, they're, they're just as a part of his lives as, as anyone else in our family. And, um, just really grateful that they, that they are. So that's the update on the fostering front on the dating front. I think I can't remember. I really need to listen to my previous episodes before I record my new ones, but I believe I had updated you all last time that I was seeing somebody. And now I am not seeing somebody. Um, Nothing bad happened. He is a really fantastic guy. But I realized that I thought I had the time and the energy to dedicate to a relationship. And I did not. I was talking with another single foster mom about this um, a couple weeks ago. And she used this phrase of she's out of emotional energy by the end of the day. And I was like, yes, that's it. Um you know, I think this is true for any parent, but particularly when you're a solo parent, um, you know, you are, especially with Jack at at home because of the pandemic, even though we've got a nanny, like he's, I'm still here working and he pops in and he sees me. And so I'm like working all day, but then I'm also managing paying attention to him in between my meetings. And then, you know, we've got dinner and we're playing together. And because it's just me, there aren't any other kids and there aren't any other parents. Like I am his playmate. I am his everything that by the time he goes to bed, I'm exhausted and I'm physically exhausted, 
but it's more than that. It's just this emotional exhaustion of like, I don't really want to talk to anybody. I don't want to have to think of anyone else. I don't want to have to, um, I, I, you know, I don't want to get ready. I don't want to have to, at the end of this exhausting day, then have to like do hair and makeup and look cute for somebody. And I don't want to have to stay up late because I'm tired and I'll have to get up early and do it all again the next morning. But it's more than that. It's like the only time that I get to myself is between the hours of like 7.30 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Once Jack is in bed and once and before I go to bed. But in those two hours, I still have a lot to do. It's not like even those two hours are just me time. I'm finishing up the housework. I'm finishing up my work that I didn't get to through the day. I'm getting ready for the next day. And so it's just, I, I realized that even though he was really incredible, like I didn't really necessarily enjoy our time together that much because I was just emotionally drained. And, and so many times I was like, man, like these little two hours each day are the only times I get to do things for myself. And I just wasn't in a space yet to where I wanted to share that time with somebody. And that sounds really harsh, but that's the best way I can explain it. Um, You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who's married and they have a kid together. And she was like, I totally get it. I mean, you know, I have a partner to help me with all of this stuff. And still at the end of the day, like, Sometimes I'm like, you go sit in one room and I'm going to sit in the other room and I don't really want to talk to you. (laughs) And she was like, and I don't even have to think about, oh God, I've got to do my hair for him and do my makeup for him and look cute for him and be charming for him. She's like, and I still just sometimes don't want to be around anybody. I just want to be by myself and, and feel like myself. And that's what it was. And I don't know if, if it was just because, you know, like our connection wasn't everything like I keep thinking like would it would it matter if it was something different like if Ryan Gosling appeared at my front door tonight would I be okay with sacrificing the two hours every evening for Ryan Gosling I mean like probably for a couple nights yeah but then after that I think I'd run into the same problem I'd be like look Ryan Gosling you are the most perfect man in the world however I am tapped out um So I don't know. I mean, I just, I so badly want to have a partner in life. I want to have a husband. I want to have a marriage. I want to have more children, not biologically, but I want to adopt more children and foster more children. I want that partner. I want someone to share life's ups and downs and to share its burdens and to share the logistical challenges and someone who will take care of me. I really I really miss, I really have this void of, you know, there's no one that is in this world who exists to look out for me. I guess that's my mother's job, but, you know, she's not going to be around all that much longer. And, um, and she's older and not in the great health, greatest of health anyway. And so I really miss having somebody who kind of exists to make sure that I'm okay in this life. And I exist to make sure they're okay in this life. And I just desperately want that. And, and so hope that I find that. So it was a little disheartening to think that I thought I was ready to um, to really dedicate some time and energy to a relationship, and it turns out I wasn't. And I don't think COVID helped things either. He was um, a physician's assistant, and so you know I just always got nervous because he's around sick people all day, and so I was nervous about what he was going to bring back to me. 
Um, and just because of COVID, it was hard to gain any momentum in the relationship because we couldn't do things that you usually do when you first start dating. We weren't, you know, when we started, everything was still locked down. So you couldn't go out to dinner or you couldn't have a drink together. Or you couldn't go see a movie. And, um, and it was just hard to get momentum. So I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm just doomed to, you know, go through this journey without a partner, but, um, I think I'm a really great catch. So I hope there's somebody out there that it works out with eventually, but this one did not a really lovely guy in just every sense of the word. But I, I guess I was just not ready to prioritize a relationship like I thought I was. So that is the update there. So, um, unfortunately, I was looking at the questions that you guys submitted via Instagram, and I thought that the questions that you submitted would stay in my queue kind of indefinitely, and it turns out they only stay in my queue for 24 hours, and I did not get around to recording them all um, before 24 hours were up. So, um, I can't answer the questions, guys. I am a terrible person. But if you have questions, maybe message me through Instagram or shoot me an email. And that way they are stuck in my inbox indefinitely. And when I finally get around to recording these, I can get to them. So I'm sorry. I did not mean to ignore all of your lovely questions. Um, But as always, if you have questions, comments, thoughts to share, uh, feel free to email me, elizabeth.friedland at gmail.com. You can shoot me a message on Instagram at efriedland. You can stalk me a million different ways on the World Wide Webs. Um, And thanks for listening. I think next time we're going to explore a little bit more this idea of safe families. I think um, I've talked to a lot of people who are interested in helping children and families in some way, but foster care seems like a little bit too much of a commitment for them. Um, And so I I thought I would talk about the pros and cons of safe families, both um, logistically and then also as an organization. Because while I really like working with them, there are some things about the organization that I do not like, but we will save those for next week and talk about that as another way um, that you can help families and kids in need. Thanks for listening, guys.